Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today's case is out of Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Small talk sucks, so let's dive in. Growing up, Shadow McLean was the kind of girl who would sing Whitney Houston in front of the mirror and never missed a chance to watch cartoons on a Saturday morning. She was sweet, loved her family, and was fiercely independent. From a young age, Shadow knew exactly what she wanted and wasn't one to give up. She had as much willpower as the day is long, and that willpower came in handy when in her early 20s, she enlisted in the Army and became an air traffic controller with the 101st Airborne Division. Shadow's military service was something she took a lot of pride in, and within just four years, she had spent time in South Korea and had been deployed to Afghanistan. After all of that, she was eventually able to settle into military life at Fort Campbell. While Shadow's military career was at a non-stop pace, she had managed to fall in love. He was another soldier in her unit named Jamal McRae. Her mom told Crime Watch Daily that the two dated for a year before Shadow called her and asked if she was sitting down. The two had eloped. Shadow's mom had never met Jamal. She had seen pictures and had their relationship narrated over the phone, but she never met him in person. This might sound strange from the outside looking in, but Shadow was from California, had traveled all around the world with the military, and was now stationed more than halfway across the country in Kentucky. Ideally, your mom would meet your spouse, but the military life didn't make that particularly easy. Shadow's family was happy if she was happy, but she wasn't happy for long. Her mom told Crime Watch Daily that their honeymoon period only lasted for about a month before Shadow started seeing signs that Jamal wasn't taking their marriage as seriously as she was, like finding condoms in his clothes when she was doing the laundry. Shadow's heart was broken. They had dated for a year before getting married, and in just one-twelfth of that time, things were circling the drain. By month five, it was Jamal who wanted a divorce. Shadow had been the one having to deal with the very real threat of infidelity, and she had stuck with it. She was loyal to her marriage, even when she thought Jamal wasn't, and he was the one who wanted to throw in the towel. He wasn't begging for forgiveness or another chance to prove that he could be the husband he vowed to be. He just wanted out. Shadow was devastated, but she was also furious, and a lot of that fury played out online. She made several posts on Facebook about her thoughts on her cheating ex-husband and the woman who she thought he had cheated with. Everyone watching chose sides, and that only seemed to fuel the fire. Several reports mentioned that other women's names were posted on websites like she'sahomewrecker.com and Cheaters Are Us. If you didn't know those were a thing, join the club. It looks like Cheaters Are Us is no longer with us, but she'sahomewrecker.com is alive and well, and it's almost like a free-range Facebook where anyone can post someone else's photo and write their own narrative about the person they're talking about, while others on the website can click on and kind of like posts. Being on that website would no doubt be humiliating, and it's not like you're given an opportunity to defend yourself. This is the point where things start to get a little blurry. In an interview with Crime Watch Daily, a woman who we'll call Amanda said that she's the one Shadow was posting about. 
She claims that Shadow found a Hooters receipt that I guess belonged to Jamal, and the waitress's name on the receipt was Amanda. There was some mention of Shadow going down to the Hooters and having words with her, and Amanda telling her that there's several Amandas that work there and that she had never met Jamal. Nonetheless, she claimed Shadow was stalking her and had tried breaking into her email, Facebook, and even tried getting her fired. Shadow was eventually arrested and charged with stalking and criminal impersonation. While Shadow was arrested, she had a very different narrative as to what she said was going on. According to Chico News Review, she posted the following message to Facebook. I got arrested for allegedly stalking a woman I have never met in person. I have only had very brief email correspondence with the alleged victim, and two weeks prior, she called my work to complain that I was going to her work and threatening her. I have not been to that restaurant in over a year and have spent every moment of my time the last two weeks with my new boyfriend. They are trying to make me out to be a crazy stalker when I'm not. Shadow and Jamal had been divorced for nearly two years at this point, and Shadow was dating someone new. Listening to this, and even while I was researching it, it's a struggle to figure out what to believe. Shadow's mother told Dateline that while Shadow wasn't totally innocent, she said it wasn't all her either. In order to get the full view of Shadow's story, we have to flash back a year. According to WKRN, back in 2015, Shadow made a report that Jamal had physically and sexually assaulted her during their marriage. Following her report, she recanted, but later went back to authorities and told them that Jamal had intimidated her, which is why she'd taken her statement back. She said that what she initially reported was the truth. In 2016, the investigation was reopened, but it looks like Shadow had a hard time getting anyone to believe her. In a screenshot from Crime Watch Daily, you can see a conversation between Shadow and someone who she refers to as a detective. It looks like the conversation took place on Facebook Messenger of all places, and in those messages, the alleged detective told her that she'd made up the things that she'd reported to him and followed it up with, I'm not sure if you're on medication, but if you are, you may need to have your dose adjusted. If not, may I suggest the name of a good psychiatrist? If your jaw just hit the floor, you're not alone. Shadow responded, telling him that she hadn't made anything up, including her report that in May, her brake lines had been cut. Yes, in May of 2016, Shadow reported that while her car was parked in the barracks parking lot, someone had cut her brakes. She even included a photo as proof. Shadow told this purported detective that she's not crazy, but he can go ahead and add himself to her ex-husband's fan club, a list of people whom she says he had been able to convince that she was the crazy one. And it looks like a lot of people had taken the side that she was the crazy one. Remember that website, she'sahomewrecker.com? Well, as it turns out, Amanda wasn't the only person who'd been posted to it. Shadow had been posted as well. 
The caption read, Shadow is a psychopath. She has many mental issues. Her favorite thing to do is call rape on people so they will not kick her out of the military. She has a long arrest history because she is obsessed with her ex-husband and stalks him and tried to take down anyone who she believes is involved with him even after being divorced for almost two years. She blames other females for her divorce, but in reality, her crazy ass is the only reason for her divorce. She is a stalker and men be careful. She will sleep with you and then call rape when you break it off with her. Be warned, she will try to take down anyone who tells her is in her way, even if they're not involved in any way. She has many names, but her actual name is Shadow Bernice McLean. First of all, her middle name is Bernice, but let's move on. Contrary to this post, Shadow did not have a long arrest history. In fact, as far as I can tell, she had no criminal record prior to all of this. The only person she had accused of rape was her ex-husband, and Shadow had one name and one name only. But maybe they wanted people to think she had many names. This sounds a little conspiracy theory-ish, but bear with me. Shadow McLean's Facebook account was under the name Shadow McLean. However, on June 23rd, a month after she says someone cut her brake lines, she posted to Facebook that an account under the name Harley McLean was pretending to be her. That while the display name was Harley, they were using Shadow's name in the About Me section and had used her photos. She told her friends that if the account tried to add them, not to accept it and to report it to Facebook. According to Shadow, this was just the current account pretending to be her, that there had been several others, and that she thought her ex-husband and the woman that she claims lied to police two weeks ago were the ones behind it. Why? Shadow felt like they were trying to get her arrested again, saying that her ex-husband was trying to do anything he could to discredit her and make her look crazy to get out of an investigation. I can only assume she's referencing the physical and sexual assault investigation. Upon further inspection of that account, Shadow noticed that the cover photo and profile photo had been uploaded on May 23rd, the same day that she says her brake lines were cut, which does seem like one hell of a coincidence. Because Shadow was having so many issues with fake accounts, she abandoned her own and created a new one under the name Bernice Willis, her middle name combined with what looks like her maiden name. She felt that maybe with a new account under a new name that was completely different than the name she goes by, maybe the fake accounts would stop. But they didn't. When she searched her new name a few days later, she found an account with no profile photo going by Bernice Willis. Below the name was a little breadcrumb left by Facebook, which read, Previous name, Bernice McLean. Not long after that, yet another account was made under the name Shadow Willis. Shadow was fighting a battle that felt endless. While she had her friends and family support, she felt like no one in the military was believing her, whether it was the physical and sexual assault case, her brake lines being cut, or the constant barrage of fake accounts attempting to impersonate her. She was scared and she felt trapped. Her mom told Chico News Review that Shadow was in fear for her life, but there was light at the end of the tunnel. Her four years in the military was coming to an end in October, and according to CBS 13, she had plans to get out, move back home to California, and go to school. But Shadow never got that chance. 
Friday, September 2nd, 2016 was the start of a long Labor Day weekend. According to WKRN, a friend of Shadow's was going out of town and she was going to house it for her. After work, Shadow planned to head over to her friend's house and around 7 p.m., her mom texted her to see what she was doing. Shadow texted back saying that she was driving and as moms do, she told her to stop texting while she was driving, to which Shadow responded with, ha ha. That ha-ha text was the last communication she ever had with her daughter. Shadow and her mom were as tight as mothers and daughters get. As corny as it sounds, they were two peas in a pod, so when Shadow joined the military and was stationed all over the world, they kept in constant contact over the phone. It was an all-day, every-day kind of thing. Over the next few days, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, Shadow's mom tried getting in contact with her over and over again, but she got nothing. In fact, she got less than nothing because her phone was going straight to voicemail. With each day that passed, her mom got more concerned, and on Tuesday, September 6th, she had had enough. WKRN reports that she called the base itself and told them that she needed to talk to Shadow immediately, that it was an emergency. It was then that her mom learned that Shadow hadn't shown up for formation that morning. With that, her mom didn't hesitate for a single second and officially reported Shadow missing. This is the part where in most cases you see headlines all over the place that this person is missing. Here's a photo, a description of what they were wearing and where they were last seen. But that's not what happened here. Because there was no media coverage, her family made the Facebook group Find Shadow McLean, and slowly but surely, members of the community joined and shared missing persons flyers they'd made across Tennessee and Kentucky. I'd love to tell you that with the Facebook group and the flyers making their rounds that the media picked up the pace and broadcast it far and wide, but again, that's not what happened. An entire week passed with nothing, and the only updates in Shadow's case were from her family in that group. They said that Shadow's phone was still going to voicemail and that there had been no activity whatsoever on her bank account. Over the next few days, military Facebook groups and fellow soldiers at Fort Campbell started posting about Shadow while her family flooded local and national news stations with requests to please help spread the word. Her uncle saying, if CNN can tell a story about a cat playing piano, they can sure as hell tell Shadow's story. On September 12, 2016, 10 days after Shadow was last seen, a media outlet finally posted about Shadow's disappearance. The Leaf Chronicle published an article titled, Missing Fort Campbell Soldier Failed to Show Up in Court. As it turns out, the hearing for Shadow's stalking charges was scheduled for the Tuesday she was reported missing. I will say that throughout Shadow's case, the Leaf Chronicle did a phenomenal job reporting, but this first article didn't seem to sit well. Shadow had reported sexual and physical abuse in 2015. The case was reopened in 2016. She reported her brake lines being cut in May. Several Facebook accounts had been made in her name. The last time anyone spoke to her was September 2nd. Her phone was either off or dead. Her bank account hadn't been touched in 10 days. And the headline was about a missed court date. The people who already didn't believe her before now thought that she was faking her disappearance to get out of going to court. People legitimately thought that Shadow's family knew where she was and had created that Facebook group, printed flyers, organized searches, and begged for media coverage as part of some elaborate hoax. 
Regardless of all of that, her family was just relieved that someone was reporting on the fact that she was missing. And it looks like because the Leaf Chronicle reported on it, everyone else followed suit. I counted five other news outlets that reported on Shadow's disappearance that same day. Once Shadow's disappearance was in every Facebook feed and on every evening news segment in the area, her case hit warp speed. Just a single day later, they located her car in a parking lot all the way down in Nashville, some 60-plus miles away. Construction workers told WKRN that it had been there for over a week and watched as it was ticketed several times and was eventually booted. Once it was booted, the plates were run, and that's how investigators wound up finding it. Even though they hadn't found Shadow, there was hope that they were one step closer. While Shadow's family waited for any news, several more searches took place, and the community within the Find Shadow Facebook group grew. Unfortunately, as more and more people supported the search for Shadow, those who were willing to die on the hill that this was all some ruse became louder and louder. Some family members even had their Facebook accounts suspended for two days and had to provide two forms of ID just to get their accounts back after people reported Shadow's missing flyers as abuse. Once family members were able to get their accounts back, they addressed the people doubting them, asking if they know how hard it is to have people questioning you when you have a loved one who's missing. When the biggest fear in the back of their mind is that it's possible their loved one is lying in a ditch dead somewhere and they just haven't found them yet. The family asked what these people would say if their worst nightmare became a reality and Shadow was found dead. Were they going to apologize then? Her mom told the Huffington Post that her daughter's disappearance is an agonizing hell that she wouldn't wish on her worst enemy. October 2nd, 2016 marked one month since anyone had seen Shadow. For each day she was missing, her family made a post marking the number of days, and on this particular one added the quote, Today my forest is dark. The trees are sad and all the butterflies have broken wings. If your heart just shattered, same. Weeks passed without any news until Crime Watch Daily got an exclusive that no one saw coming. After doing a rundown of Shadow's case, including all the details leading up to it, they shared a statement that Fort Campbell's public affairs office had given to them. It stated that not one, but two soldiers were being held as persons of interest in connection to Shadow's disappearance. The fact that they were being held in connection sounded like they now knew that Shadow didn't just choose to vanish on her own, something that her family knew from the very beginning. We also know that her ex-husband was still a soldier at Fort Campbell. And just like that, Crime Online reported that Jamal McRae was being held by the Montgomery County Sheriff's Department on an out-of-county warrant. I'll remind you that when Shadow was arrested for stalking, she was booked by Montgomery County. And according to locals, soldiers arrested on that base get held in Montgomery County. What are the chances that her ex-husband, the soldier, who was being held in Montgomery County, wasn't one of the two being held in connection to Shadow's disappearance? Zero. The answer is zero. While Crime Watch Daily stated that they didn't know what Jamal's warrant was for, a family member confirmed in Shadow's group that it was, in fact, in connection to Shadow. Did the people who doubted them finally sit down and take several apologetic seats? 
No, they clung to their grassy mounds and argued that Jamal simply had out-of-county warrants that had nothing to do with Shadow, a stance that would not age well. With Jamal in jail, everyone waited for any updates on the investigation. On day 83 of Shadow being gone, her family had to celebrate their first Thanksgiving without her. Five days later, they got some answers, but they were the answers they'd hoped would never become a reality. On November 29, 2016, Clarksville now broke the news that Shadow's ex-husband, Jamal McRae, and another soldier, Charles Robinson, had both been charged with conspiracy, kidnapping, and premeditated murder. Shadow had not been found, but two people had been charged with her murder, one being her ex-husband, both being members of the 101st Airborne Division. All along, Shadow was right. She was right to be scared for her life. Her family was right to think that something was wrong. Shadow fought so hard to get anyone to believe her, and the man she reported for physical and sexual abuse, the man that she shouted from the rooftops was trying to make her look crazy, had now been charged with her murder. Her grandmother wrote that their hearts were already broken, but now they're shattered. With two people charged, all her family could do was wait for answers. They still hadn't found Shadow, and they wanted justice for whatever had happened to her. I'd love to tell you that the harassment against Shadow's family stopped after the arrests, but it didn't. As I was scrolling through the comments on one particular Facebook post, there was one comment that caught my eye. It was from a woman who said that she was the wife of the other person charged. So that would be the wife of Charles Robinson. She actually stood up for Shadow's family against someone who was causing drama. She wrote that if anyone wants to drag Shadow's family down, they can feel free to message her and to leave them alone. Adding, this is for anyone who has a problem with the McLean family wanting justice or wanting answers. Needless to say, she got some positive feedback for being willing to come forward with everything that was going on. 2016 turned into 2017, and on day 143 of Shadow's disappearance, skeletal remains were found off of I-24 and Maxie Road. It was an area between where Shadow went missing and where her vehicle was found. According to WKRN, it took two days and a copy of Shadow's dental records, but on January 25, 2017, it was confirmed that the remains found off of Exit 19 were in fact the remains of 25-year-old missing soldier Shadow McLean. Her aunt stated that she thought the not knowing was the worst feeling, but that it wasn't, saying, you murdered a piece of us all. Her grandmother shared the news to everyone who'd been dedicated to bringing Shadow home and wrote, the hope is gone. I thought, I hoped you would somehow knock at the door, someone's door. I looked for you everywhere I went. I thought, well, maybe she's just tired of it all, and at the same time, I knew better. But my heart would not accept that. I held on to the hope, I held on to the maybe, and now all the maybes are gone and the hope with them. You did not deserve this. You took her away from us. You took her and left her on the side of the road in the bushes. For 145 days, you knew she was there for all of that time our baby was alone. I'm so angry, I feel it in every nerve of my body. We need to gather our strength and do what we need to. Shadow is counting on us. Love you, granddaughter. You will rest in peace, my love. We will have justice. The Find Shadow McLean Facebook group was renamed Justice for Shadow McLean. Months went by after the discovery of Shadow's body before another news break hit. 
Clarksville now reported that Shadow's ex-husband, Jamal, whom she'd reported for physically and sexually assaulting her all the way back in 2015, had additional charges brought against him. They were for aggravated assault and sexual assault. On top of that, both Jamal and Charles had charges of obstruction of justice added to their list. September 2, 2017 marked one year with Shadow gone and little to no answers as to what actually happened to her. All of that changed just a few weeks later. On September 28th, Charles, the other guy, pled guilty to conspiracy to commit murder, murder, and obstruction of justice. He did that in exchange for a 25-year sentence and an agreement to testify truthfully against anyone else charged. With his plea, Charles's wife's statements to police were released, and according to WKRN, his wife told investigators that one night Charles said he was going to a rave, that he packed a bag with all black clothes and a mask. Just to make sure my 90s recollection of raves was correct, I googled a few and it's generally a pretty colorful event, so the outfit check does not pass. After being out all night, the outlet reports that she told investigators that he came home wanting to wash his truck with bleach and even asked to borrow a neighbor's power washer. Along with all that, she said that he had a pair of socks that he asked her to wash more than once to get the mud off of them. Now, the whole sock thing bothered me because why would he have that much loyalty to a single pair of socks? It didn't make any sense, but hold on to that for a second. Because Charles was pleading guilty, he was ready to give an answer as to what truly happened to Shadow, how he became involved in her murder, and what role he played in it. According to the Leaf Chronicle, Charles said that Jamal told him he wanted his wife dead all the way back in January of 2016. Jump ahead five months to August, and Charles said that Jamal told him that he tried to kill his wife twice, failed, and needed help. He says Jamal offered him $10,000 to kill his ex-wife and help him hide her body. You'd assume that literally fucking anyone would say no and go to the police, but instead, the outlet reports that Charles spent weeks planning her murder and said that he didn't want to know her name. In one hell of a plot twist, the Leaf Chronicle also reports that Charles said his wife knew about the plan to kill Shadow and offered fucking suggestions. I'm pretty sure my actual soul left my body when I read that. On the day of Shadow's murder, True Crime Daily reports that, according to Charles, Jamal lured her to the area off of I-24 where Charles laid in wait, pretending to be the property owner. Once there, he says he slashed Shadow's throat and broke her neck to make sure she was dead. He says Jamal watched him as he killed her. Charles was never given $10,000. Instead, News 4 reports that he got $200 prior to their arrest. With Charles's confession and agreement to testify, you would think that Jamal might reconsider his trip to the Kingdom of Fucked if he decided to proceed to trial, but he did not. With that, in March of 2018, the prosecutor stated that he wanted to seek the death penalty. 
More than a year passed with no real news about Jamal's upcoming trial until January of 2019, when his defense asked for a change of venue. At a hearing the following month where they were supposed to make a decision as to whether or not that would happen, Jamal shocked everyone when he decided to change his plea. Instead of premeditated murder, the Leaf Chronicle reports that Jamal pled guilty to two counts of conspiracy to commit murder, solicitation to commit murder, and conspiracy to obstruct justice. Jamal's version of events was vastly different from Charles's and, frankly, absurd. According to Jamal, in August of 2016, he did ask Charles to kill Shadow and says they planned it for about a week. However, on the day Shadow was killed, the outlet reports that Jamal said he spent the day with her planning what he says was Charles's girlfriend's murder, because according to him, Shadow wanted her dead. He was literally pleading guilty, but even in that, decided to paint Shadow as the crazy one. As a murderous woman who just so happened to want to kill the girlfriend of her future murderer, whom by all accounts she had no ties to as far as I've seen, while Jamal had that other girl's boyfriend actively plotting to murder her that same day. I doubt he realized that if people believed any of that, they'd also have to believe that he was involved in the plot of not one, but two murders. Moving right along with this ridiculous story, Jamal says that he and Shadow were scouting spots for this alleged murder plot when they were overlooking a field where Charles was, not so coincidentally, pretending to be the property owner. Jamal says that when Charles walked up, he walked back to the truck, where eventually he claims Charles walked over and said, it's done. This is probably one of the worst and most offensive confessions I have ever heard, but nonetheless, it was accepted and he was given his deal. According to News Channel 5, Jamal McRae was sentenced to life in prison, which sounds great, until you take into account the fact that the convening authority over the case reserved the right to decide whether or not he's eligible for parole in as little as 10 years. Shadow begged people to believe her. She begged anyone to care about her break lines being cut and the countless fake accounts being made in her name. For years, people called her a liar, and for months, they called her disappearance a hoax, while her family begged the world to believe them and to help them find her. In the end, Shadow was right, but by the time anyone listened, it was too late. Justice was served, but it will never bring back the 25-year-old soldier who wanted nothing more than to go home to her family and start the rest of her life. For all photos pertaining to this case, check out Shadow's highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley, and join me there tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where you go live with me and we talk about today's episode and all other true crime cases on your mind. If you like your podcast ad-free, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. If you need more episodes in your life, for just $5 a month, you get a bonus episode on the first Monday of every month, all your episodes are ad-free, and you'll also receive a forever discount code for all Big Mad True Crime merch, and of course, anytime you sign up, you get instant access to all previous bonus episodes. I'll be bringing you a brand new case a week from today, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out.